Hello everyone and welcome to the Artful Athlete podcast episode 87, carrying on with the resilience theme. Let's look into five practices that help build resilience healthily. Now, if you were to put in your favorite online search engine exercises to build resilience, you're going to find a long list. Actually, you're going to find multiple lists, long lists and short lists full of wisdom. But I went through a few for you and I'm actually going to link a couple of those articles in the episode description if you're interested to read more about these practices. This little top five is a blend of these lists and some of the work I've done on myself over the years. Doing this work has made me a better artist and actually a better creator and helped me be connected to the bigger picture and also more connected and in tune with myself and my vision and my goals. And having that connection has actually fostered the drive. Doing this work, it's, um, it's an invitation into understanding who you are, how you function, what you prioritize and what you want. Because you're allowing yourself to process and debrief your experience. Once again, it's, it's not necessarily easy and it's not instant, but regularly giving yourself the time to experiment like this grants you so much peace. I've been under a lot of pressure recently and for the first time in a while, I feel very calm and peaceful. I'm not gripping or trying to desperately hold on to something. And even though it, it felt foreign and strange at first, and I even started to kind of wonder if I, you know, shouldn't I be massively stressed? Shouldn't I have that tension that I used to have when things got stressful? It's not that, I don't know, I, that I should be panicking necessarily, but wondering if I wasn't supposed to have a stronger response. And I looked into this too and ultimately understood that, nope, I'm not dissociating, I'm not fighting, I'm not running away at this point. I'm just standing and carrying on being myself through this experience, allowing for things to unravel and for me and my emotions to unravel through them too. I shared this train of thought with a friend actually recently and she just said, well, I think it's maybe because you've been working on yourself for so long. You've done the work and it's working with you. And perhaps she's right. Perhaps us doing the work regularly through all we experience brings us to a certain level eventually where the work happens with us, for us and through us. And on that reflection, wisdomy, knowledge bomb thing that I'm still kind of digesting, let's look into five resilience practices. Not my smoothest transition, I apologize, but hey, I can live with it, so I'm hoping you can too. And here we go, number one, the narrative exercise. Do you remember when at school you'd study bits of narration and ask all the questions to understand why the characters had interacted the way they had, or to analyse the setting and whatnot? Well, that's kind of what the narrative exercise is. Except you're doing that in real life and not on a piece of fiction. If you're prone to rumination, if you are telling yourself stories and the same story perhaps or the same thought on loop, if you are ruminating on the way a situation unfolded, write it down 
and notice the language used and how you present yourself through that narration. And then, immersed in what you've just written down, give yourself about 15, 20 minutes or so and commit to free automatic writing. Write everything that comes up. Even if you think it doesn't make sense, it, it doesn't matter. Let the thoughts pour out of you. This allows you to regain control of the story, giving you the possibility to shape the narration again, the structure, the language. It's, it's a challenge. So my advice to you would be to start off small with perhaps just something that happened in your day and then build yourself up gradually to then use this exercise on moments that still weigh on your mind. Number two, purpose. We're humans, and if the centuries of philosophy and study of mankind have taught us anything, is that we all need one. I think for some of us it's something that manifests itself early, and that is innate even. But it's not always the easiest thing to put into words or to accept. One of the first things I remember I did when I was looking into building something for myself was to go through the Ikigai exercise, which is a series of questions to help you connect to your reason for being. And you can apply that to your reason for creating a business or your reason for launching a podcast, uh, finding your voice, all of this. It's, it's, it really fosters a deep conversation with yourself, what you want, and who you are at this moment in time. The Ikigai is a series of questions to help you connect to your reason for being. That's literally what Ikigai means. And so every so often, some of the questions come back because something in me needs reinforcing. Maybe the answer I gave three months ago is not the answer I would give today. So revisiting this is a nice way of checking where you were and where you are now. To find purpose is to find and connect to the meaning of an action. And perhaps in the grand scheme of things, the meaning of your existence. Why not? And actually, it's the why. We all had that phase as kids growing up, remember? Asking why. There's the no phase, there's the yes phase, and there's the why phase. And you ask why about pretty much everything and anything. Carrying on asking why through the experiences we live or witness is another great way to build resilience. If going straight in and ask yourself why feels too much, how about taking that why to a character you like from a book, a movie, a play, a video game, a character that you relate to, that you've connected with? Study that persona by asking why they did what they did or said. It's a twist on that narrative exercise I mentioned earlier. And then when you're ready, you can bring that questioning home and start anew with your own experience. Number three, the body scan. Using breath to scan the body and each part of the body individually. I do that a lot because it's very accessible. So it's definitely one that when I read it on the list, I was like, yep, that that is easy, accessible, and you can do it anytime. Whether it's first thing in the morning, when you wake up, when you're on the bus, the tube, sat at your desk in a park, or when you've already gone to bed and you're lying down all tucked in, it just takes a few seconds, which you could then extend to a couple of minutes to start with. 
you start by taking a few slow inhales and exhales, making sure you're sending the breath deep into the body. And then one limb, one organ, one body part at a time, you scan. You place your attention, say, to, yeah, your left ankle. Why not? And as you inhale, imagine that this body part is getting oxygen too. You could visualize that air coming into the ankle and expanding. And then you do that for all the key points in your body that you want to scan and see what's in there. It's not necessarily a straightforward response you're going to get from the body. It could just be, you know what, it feels a little colder or a little warmer than the rest of the body. It feels a little more tense or a little more loose. Maybe it feels purple and not pink. Maybe it feels like there's a puma in there or an ant. It doesn't necessarily have to make sense to the world. It has to just come through. Whatever comes to mind is right because nothing is wrong. Number four, compassion. We're our worst critique and our greatest cheerleader. All in one. And if you're in competition with yourself, then you may be setting rules and parameters and standards which you wouldn't impose on your closest relatives and friends. Being able to share some of that compassion you have for the people you love with yourself is one of the greatest gifts you could give yourself. It takes strength to strive towards your goals, but it takes even more strength to cultivate patience, understanding and kindness towards yourself through that journey. Compassion and cultivating a compassionate heart in life is actually a great way to build a protective emotional mechanism thing which will help reframe the reflex of beating yourself up or being too hard on yourself because that bad boy of things leads to tension to negative self-talk to the loss of drive and sometimes even to destructive behaviors because we're being so hard on ourselves so being able to slow down give yourself a hug to listen to yourself actively and not discard anything. Say you had a tough day and you didn't accomplish as much as you'd planned for X or Y reason. Can you be realistic and encouraging at the same time? So treat yourself as you would a loved one or a stranger. I do that through writing when I'm alone by talking to myself out loud, letting it out of the head and into the world. It stops the rumination and fosters an opening and a conversation with myself. Because if you just let it whirl inside the head or the body constantly. It just stays trapped and it feeds the negative talk. It feeds the tension. It feeds all the things that then stop us from carrying on to strive towards our goals. So take things out of the head and into the real world. And last but not least on this little top five, forgiveness. Oh, she saved the tough one for last, and it's a, such a sensitive subject as well. Woohoo! Forgiveness is a lot more complicated than it sounds. Forgiving is basically a letting go. Uh, yeah, letting go. We're back on the letting go stuff. I keep on mentioning that regularly, but because it's very helpful for so many reasons. It alleviates stuff, makes the brain, the mind, the body, the emotions, the breath feel lighter. It's always about letting go of something or making space for something new, isn't it, as well? Well, not always. If not always, then a lot of the times, okay? <laughs> a few journals and research I found when preparing this episode 
pointed at forgiveness, highlighting the mental and physical benefits of cultivating a practice of forgiveness. Your letting go of the weight of the resentment for your own sake. It doesn't mean that the other person is free of charge or that you now have to be friends. No, the recommended practice is to see if it, whatever you're feeling when it comes to that situation, if it awoke a specific feeling, an emotion, if it highlighted perhaps a need that you had, a value you stand for that was not being respected, or if even there is actually a pattern that repeats itself. Forgiveness is something you do for yourself by studying the narrative and its characters. It's probably the toughest and the most challenging emotionally, but it's also the most building and the one that really, I feel, allows you to jump forward in time, to bring yourself to new heights. It's like, you know when you go on a hike and you make it to the top of a mountain or a hill? I feel forgiveness for me is has a similar essence. It's not an easy journey, but when you get to the top, the view is lovely. The air is crisp and fresh. There's perhaps wind and a wonderful sunset or sunrise or just sun or just night. But there's so much lightness and awareness of time and yourself and nature and existence. This has gotten way too deep. <laughs> And by comparison as to what I had in mind. But hey, this is kind of my vision of things. So it's the most challenging, but it's also the most building. I wouldn't necessarily recommend going straight in there with the biggest traumas if you've not been accompanied by someone or if you've not healed from those to a certain extent. In the episode description, if you're interested, I'm actually going to include the link to the nine steps of two forgiveness practice, which I discovered over on the Greater Good in Action website. I discovered this website a while ago, and it's a science-based publication to building a mindful life. So it's actual brain and body science stuff to feed yourself so that you can embrace mindfulness, but it's the science behind it that's explained as well. I discovered them a while ago and their articles and practices make for good introspection prompts and in difficult moments for me has pointed me in a direction because also you know sometimes when you're you're in the midst of this situation and you're not quite sure what you're meant to be doing or which direction you're meant to turn to and you kind of end up grabbing everything that's presented to you I feel being able to have this place where you can go to and and look up something really specific and just give that practice a try or or read that article and see what arises is actually a great way forward or not even forward but a great way to accept where you are and stand within that because that's also what resilience is about so these little practices you could try and implement a couple of times a week perhaps to start with and then explore other elements from the lists in the articles available in the episode description and next week i'll share with you some of my own daily exercises routine thingamajig thing however you want to call it that i do that are helping the this resilience building meanwhile if you need a hand in connecting to this resilience energy 
expanding your connection to yourself, your vision, emotion, and the world around you because, hey, it's spring! Let's go outside, let's connect to humans and nature. Get in touch through the link in bio and we'll get to it. Much love to you all and I'll speak to you soon.